right, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12 and Matthew 3. All right? We're going to begin in 1 Corinthians 12, and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 3. And then we're actually going to flip through some verses in Acts, and you'll get to flip through because they're kind of close and we can get to all those, all right? Now, let me remind you, we've been in a series entitled The Wealth of a Word, and we're talking about how important our words are. So I don't know where you came in on this series. Hopefully, you can remember back to where we started. Let me, let me just remind you, we started with how important words are. What's the worth of a word? And when we talked about that, we talked about that words connect us to God and to each other. When God wanted to connect to us, God sent His Son, the Word. The Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is called the Word of God. So God reached out to us by the Word. When we reach back to Him, we do it by our words, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So we also use our words to connect back to Him. So we connect with God through our words, and we connect to each other through our words. We also talked about that the tongue cannot be tamed by any person. It can only be tamed by the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about living a life submitted to the Holy Spirit. So last week we talked about the, the language of heaven, and this week we're going to talk about the baptism of heaven. So we're going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In order to see it, though, and in order to see that it is a separate experience from salvation that it doesn't save us, all we need to do to be saved is to believe, but in order to live a victorious Christian life, we need to be water baptized and baptized in the Spirit. I want to show you the baptism that happens at salvation, then water baptism, then spirit baptism. And I'm going to show you these three things all through the Word of God, okay? So, first of all, I want to show you the baptism into the body of Christ. The first baptism which occurs at salvation is the baptism into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13 says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Now, in order to be able to see that there is a difference of the baptism in, of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the baptism into the body of Christ, you need to be able to see it grammatically as well. I've told you before, one of my pet peeves about the church is not that we don't understand Greek, but we don't understand English. And so it's, it's amazing to me how people can say that these are the same thing when, when not only theologically are not, they're not the same thing, but grammatically they're not the same thing. What we just read in 1 Corinthians 12 was, by the Spirit, by the Spirit, we are baptized into the body of Christ or into Jesus. All right? So I just want you to notice, we're the ones being baptized, the Spirit is doing the baptizing, and the Spirit is baptizing us into Jesus. That happens when we get saved. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit put you into the body of Christ, immersed you, put you in part of the body of Christ. You're now part of the body of Christ if you got saved, if you accepted Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So the first baptism happens at salvation, and that is when you're baptized into the body of Christ. Now, I came out of a philosophy where we believed that that 
uh, when people talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the tradition that I came out of believed that that happened at salvation. It wasn't a subsequent experience. We said that happened at salvation. D.L. Moody believed the same thing for many years. And two ladies in his church told him, we are praying for you that you'll receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And D.L. Moody's response was very kind to them, but he felt like, I got that when I got saved. That's what, that's when I, when I got saved, that's when that happened to me. And finally, they kept saying it to him, and he saw such fruit, such kindness, such power in their lives, that he decided to study to make sure he was right. So he began to study on it, came to the conclusion that there is a separate baptism in the Holy Spirit in the Bible that we need to ask for, an anointing of the Holy Spirit that gives us power to live this Christian life. D.L. Moody then, in a basement, prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and hid in his own words, this is what he said, it was like waves of liquid love flowing over me. And from that moment on, there was a marked difference in his ministry, and thousands were converted to Christ. And we probably would have never known of D.L. Moody because before then he was pastor of a small church, had little impact on the world, and after the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the power of God came in his ministry. So that's what we're going to talk about, all right? So the first baptism is the baptism into the body of Christ. Here's the second baptism. Matthew, you don't need to turn to this. I'll get to Matthew 3 in a minute, all right? Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is the baptism in water. This is water baptism, the second baptism. Now, the theological persuasion that I came out of, also, again, we used to quote a verse in Ephesians 4 that says there's one baptism. One baptism. And, well, we really quoted that. And I can remember even arguing with some friends of mine on the baptism of the Holy Spirit saying, you know, the Bible says there's one baptism. Well, there's a couple of things I want you to know, all right? First of all, when you read Ephesians 4, and you can read it this week if you want to, it says there's one Lord. But in the same verses, verses 3 and 4 of Ephesians 4, it talks about the Father, the Lord, and the Spirit. The Father, the Lord, and the Spirit. In other words, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, there aren't three gods, there's one God. But there are three persons of that Godhood, and they all agree as one. Here's what I'm telling you. It says there's one baptism, there's three. Just like the Trinity. And they all agree as one. Now, here's the thing that I think is kind of humorous. Even though I used to quote there's one baptism, one baptism, Bible says one baptism, only one baptism, that whole theological expression that I was a part of still believed in two. <laughs> believe that when we got saved, we were baptized into the body of Christ. Believe the verse we just read in 1 Corinthians 12, and we believed in water baptism. Well, I'm telling you there's three. That to get saved, you just need to believe in Jesus. To go to heaven, you just need to believe in Jesus. But if you want to live a victorious life on this earth, you need to also be water baptized, and you need to be baptized in the Spirit. Now, here's the third baptism, and it's in Matthew chapter 3. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you. This is John the Baptist talking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he, capital H, Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, listen to me. Again, we've got to look at this grammatically. Who's doing the baptizing in this verse? When John, John's baptizing people with water, but he says, someone's coming after me. He will baptize you with the Spirit. So who's he talking about? Who's going to do the baptizing then? Jesus. And he's going to baptize us with what? The Spirit. Okay, remember the first verse we read. The first verse in 1 Corinthians 12 was, the Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. This is Jesus baptizes us into the Spirit. Okay, listen to me. Not only theologically is it not the same, grammatically it's not the same. You've got two different subjects. You, you can't say this is the same baptism. It doesn't work. It, it's, it's not there. You understand? It's very clear here. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And if that were the only verse in the Bible, and you're going to see in just a moment, it's not. But if it were the only verse in the Bible on this subject, that should be enough for you to say, Jesus, I want you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Because I just read a verse that said when you come, you're going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. I want you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. That one verse should be enough right there. But let me show you something about this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is in all, in all four Gospels. That's amazing because there's not many things in all four Gospels. There's a few. The birth of Jesus. The, the wilderness experience. The water baptism and the spirit baptism of Jesus. And the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Very few things in all four Gospels. By the way, we're talking about the, the I said the water baptism and spirit baptism. Is Jesus our example? Okay? He's, everyone agree he's our example, right? Okay. We're say, I'm saying you need to be saved, you need to be water baptized, and you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, let's go back for a minute and let's talk about this. First of all, was Jesus born again? Well, not really because he was born right the first time. You, 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 you don't, um, uh, you were born wrong the first time. So you need to be born again or born from above, or let me say it another way, a born a perfect son of God. When Jesus, and by, you say, well, I'm not perfect. By grace you are. By grace, no sins have been held against you. All sins have been washed away. By grace, when God looks at you, you're a perfect child of God. That's pretty good news, isn't it? All right, so we need to be born again, water baptized, spirit baptized. Jesus is our Example, he was born a perfect son of God, right? Okay, so that's the first step. Second step, was Jesus water baptized? Oh, okay, so I guess we need to be water baptized too. All right, well, third step then, was Jesus spirit baptized? Yes, right after he was water baptized. Right after he was water baptized, here's what the Bible says, and I saw heaven open and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on him. The Holy Spirit descended on him. By the way, I'll show you another verse on that in just a moment. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus. And by the way, again, grammatically, well, I wish, I wish we knew grammar. I really do. It helped in reading the Bible sometimes. It says the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on him. You know what most people believe that verse says? That a dove, like the Holy Spirit, descended on him. That's not what it says. It doesn't say a dove, like the Spirit, descended on him. It says the spirit, like a dove. Like a dove is a simile. Like, similes begin with like or as. <laughs> Helping you here. 
and you can remove them from the sentence. They add to the sentence, but they're not part of the main body of the sentence. You can remove it. In other words, here's what that sentence says. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus. That's what it says. Now, it describes the Holy Spirit like a dove. But it's the Holy Spirit that came on him. So here's another thing. Jesus is our example. If Jesus was born a son of God, water baptized, and spirit baptized, maybe you should be too. Okay, now, are, is this in all four Gospels? Well, let me show you. And you don't have to turn to these. Well, in a moment, we'll, we'll go to Acts 1, all right, in a moment. Uh, Mark 1, verse 8. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, we just saw Matthew and Mark. Matthew and Mark, all right? Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Luke 3, John answered, saying to you to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then look at John 1, verse 33. I did not know him, this is John speaking, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending... See, I told you, the Spirit descended on him right after he was water baptized. Upon whom you see the Spirit descending, and watch this, this is key, and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. All four Gospels tell us Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. You ought to ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. All four say he did it. He does. That he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. All right? And here's what John says. This is the one... The one upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. Now listen to me carefully. This Holy Spirit had never descended and remained on a person before. He had only descended. He descended on on Saul, but then he left. He descended on David, but then he left. David says, right after he committed adultery, take not thy spirit from me. He knew. See, the Spirit of God would descend and then he would leave. Here's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. You want to make a, get a practical definition of it? It's when the Holy Spirit descends and remains. And that's what you want. When I used to preach these crusades and things, and uh, before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would come on me powerfully when I was preaching. I'd walk out of the pulpit, no anointing. I could be a, the biggest jerk in the world and, and was a jerk. And uh, one time Debbie and I were in one, one of those um, discussion times. <laughs> And uh, she said to me, very honestly, she said, it's hard for me to understand how you are so like Jesus in the pulpit and so like the devil out. <laughs> and there's a very simple explanation. One was I needed to go through some deliverance. Even though I was saved, I needed to get rid of some junk that I brought into that relationship. Needed some inner healing. But another reason was I needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. All right, Acts chapter 1. If you, if you want to flip there, we're going to flip to a few passages in Acts, and they're very easy for you to, to get to all of them so you can look at them. We're still talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father. Very important for you to see what the promise is. The promise. Please remember that. I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. Which, which, he said, now he's going to tell us what the promise is. You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. He's going back to all four of those scriptures in the gospel where John the Baptist is baptized in the water. 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, we just read a moment ago, uh, or did we, ever, did we ever read Matthew 28 on baptism in water? You know, I just get lost sometimes up here. Did I read that this service or did I read it to the other service? Okay. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. That's water baptism. All right? That's water baptism. Now, the thing about that is, is that he's referring to that. He talks about, okay, you, John baptized with water, but I'm saying you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, listen to me, though. Here's what he says. I believe the verse. I believe the Great Commission. Michael Brown preached on two weeks ago a great message. I believe in the Great Commission. But I want to tell you something about the Great Commission. Those are not the last words of Jesus. They are part of his last words. They are the words he spoke after the resurrection, but he was on the earth 40 days after the resurrection. These are the words in Acts 1 and in Luke 24. They record the the actual last words of Jesus. And his last words were not go. His last words were stay. His last words were, now he still wants us to go, but he doesn't want us to go until we get power. He doesn't want us to send us out there without power. So this is what he said. Stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. That's Luke 24, 49. Don't leave this city until you get the promise. The promise. Here's the promise. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. All right? The Holy Spirit came, and then the crowd, they see what happens, and then they say, hey, what do we need to do to get this also? Okay? So let me show you the next thing I want to show you. I want to show you the three baptisms. In the book of Acts, I want to show you very distinctly these three baptisms taking place in people's lives, all right? Acts chapter 2, verse 37. If you want to flip over there because it's just a couple of pages. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, convicted. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, now watch and see if you can see the three baptisms in this. Repent, that's salvation, that refers to salvation. Turn from your life, turn to Jesus, turn away and turn to. Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, there's water baptism, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, there's spirit baptism. Repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, do you remember what I told you in Acts 1, Jesus called the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I said, please remember this. What did he call it? The promise. Watch this. Watch very carefully the last statement. For the promise, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. Okay. Do you know who's afar off? We are. Listen, I've had people say the baptism of the Holy Spirit was only for the 120. Well, how come the 3,000 got it? The 3,000. Here's what he said. The 3,000 said, what do we need to do? He said, well, you need to get saved. You need to get water baptized. And then you can receive. Then you need to receive the Holy Spirit. And this promise that you're seeing this promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not only for you. Here, listen to what he says. It's for your children. In other words, when you get home, you can lay hands on your children and they can get baptized in the Holy Spirit too. Because this promise is not just for us. It's also for you, these 3,000. 
and it's for your children, and it's for all those who are far off. It's for all of them who are far off. But I want you to notice the three baptisms again. Salvation, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Now, flip over to Acts chapter 8. There's a revival going on. I want you to watch what happens. Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. By the way, that's what should happen when people get free from demons and get healed. There should be great joy, not great arguments. This is the Bible, you know. Okay, verse 12. Now, see if you see these three things. But when they believed. Did you catch it? That's the first one right there. That's salvation. How do you get saved? Believe. When they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Get it? There's the first two right there. They believed, then they got water baptized. All right, look at verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, gave them the right hand of Christian fellowship because they had all that they needed. Is that what the Bible says? Well, you only need two. You only need to get saved and water baptized. And besides, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was just for the 120. All right, watch what happened. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. I thought they were saved. They were. They believed. Prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And then he explains it to us. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, or baptized none of them, immersed none of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Do you, do you see the pattern? They believed, they believed, they got saved, then they got water baptized, then they sent some people to them to lay hands on them and pray that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Alright, look at Acts chapter 19. This is many, many years after Acts chapter 2. This is a long way down the road. Acts chapter 19 verse 1. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Now, can I just say right now that the theological persuasion I came out of, we skipped over this verse. Because there's no, there was no way to explain it in our doctrine. And this is the one who wrote a third of the New Testament. You think he would know good doctrine? Paul said to them, asked them a question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Believed. When you got saved. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you got saved? And apparently, these disciples were a part of the same denomination I was a part of because they said, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. <laughs> we, we, we never even heard about that. And I'm not trying to make light of, you understand? I'm just, I, I, just be honest. How many of you grew up in a church where the Holy Spirit wasn't talked about much? Can I see your hands? Okay. This, these guys grew up in the same church. They had believed, 
But they said, we believe in Jesus. He said, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So we hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. Now, watch what he's going to do. He's going to check out their salvation then. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then what were you baptized? How, how did you get saved? They said, John's baptism. Paul said, well, that's a good one, because John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to people that they should believe on him who'd come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Repent and believe. That's how you get saved. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, because you need to be water baptized after you get saved. See? So they had believed, they'd repented and believed through John's baptism on the Christ was coming. Now they get water baptized. Verse 6, when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Do you see? There's all three. And by the way, you need to get water baptized after you believe. See? Please, please listen to me. Some of you here are believers, but you became believers after you became an adult. Some of you here walked an aisle or joined a church, got sprinkled or baptized as children, but really you weren't living for Jesus. You were doing your own thing. And some point, maybe even just a few years ago in your life, you quit going your way in your heart. In your heart, you quit going your way and you started going God's way. Listen to me carefully. That's called salvation. And if you got baptized as a child, but you didn't really give your life to Jesus until a few years ago, and you haven't been water baptized since then, you need to be water baptized now. Because if you you got water baptized before you got saved, you you just got wet. It it didn't help any. There is a work that happens in your heart when you get water baptized. It's a cutting of the flesh. It's leaving the old man. And I'm going to show that to you in a moment, all right? Okay, uh, by the way, the, the uh, man who's considered the father of the state of Texas, Sam Houston, got born again when he was governor of the state of Texas, radically saved and born again. And so he said to his pastor a couple of months later, he said, you know, I need to be water baptized. I know I was water baptized as a child. I joined the church as a child, but I didn't really get saved. I really got saved two months ago. I can see the fruit. I know now I'm saved. And so I need water baptized. So they set up a baptismal service for the governor of Texas, Sam Houston at that time. And they were going to go do it in a river. And when they were walking down into the river, the pastor noticed that he still had his wallet in his pocket. And so he said, Governor, you need to remove your, you forgot to remove your wallet. And the governor said, no, I left it there on purpose because it needs to be baptized too. (laughs) Which, by the way, there are many people who need to get their wallet baptized. But the point is that he got baptized as an adult because he realized he got saved as an adult. So some of you are in that crowd, okay? All right, there's the three baptisms in Scripture. Now, here's what I want to show you now. I want to show you some figurative types of the three baptisms, all right? In other words, the Bible has a literal meaning, but there are figures, there are symbols, there's a a spiritual meaning in verses. And I want to show you some types of the three baptisms. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Now, obviously, the Word is talking about Jesus because He sent His Word, and the Word became flesh. We know that, all right? The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Now, listen to what it says. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and they're one. Now, what do they bear witness to? They bear witness to the, to the supernatural. In other words, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all bear witness to that there is a God, 
that, that it's more than just this life, that it's more than just existing, that there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is an eternity. They bear witness to the fact there's a supernatural. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, they all bear witness to that. Now, in the next verse, before we read it, let me tell you this. I want you to look for the three baptisms. Salvation, though, has been referred to as repent and believe, but it also might be referred to as blood. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins, and we're saved by the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, the Bible says. So I want you to watch for the three baptisms in the next verse. Verse 8 says, And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. These are the three baptisms I told you that agree as one. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. You see the three baptisms? Salvation, the blood, water, and Spirit. Now, what do they bear witness to? They bear witness to the supernatural. There are three in heaven that bear witness to the supernatural, but there are three things on this earth that bear witness to the supernatural. Salvation, water baptism, and Spirit baptism. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When you get saved, you become a new person. Okay? When you get saved, you become a new person, and you're on your way to heaven. When you get water baptized, the old man is cut off. That's what Romans 6 says. Romans 6 and Colossians 2 says that God does a cutting of the flesh in the waters of baptism. Now, to go to heaven, I just need to get saved. But to have that old man cut off, I need to get water baptized. It's more than just a symbol. There's a work God does in my heart through that obedient act. So when, the, when I get water baptized, I, the old man's cut off. And when I get baptized in the Spirit, I get power to walk in the new. These are the three things. And they all bear witness to that there's a God in heaven. Now listen to me carefully, okay? When I get saved, I become a new person. Watch the complete work of God here. I become a new person. When I get water baptized, the old person stays in the water, gets cut off. And when I get spirit baptized, I get power to walk in the new. Do you realize why we have so many defeated believers we have many defeated believers because they were baptized as a child. They truly got saved. They're really believers now, but they never had the old man cut off because they don't want to go back and admit that they need to get baptized again. And they don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit, so they have no power to walk in the new. They're true believers, but they have no power. And if you don't believe that getting saved, water baptized, and spirit baptized bears witness to the supernatural, see, if you look at my life, I'm changed. All you, if, if you, you, here's what you just need to do. Just go back and talk to the police department in the town I grew up in. And tell them that I'm a pastor now. You know what they'll say? There is a God in heaven then. So these three, there they are again. Water, spirit, and blood. All right, John chapter 3. I know this has a literal meaning to it, but I want to show you a spiritual meaning. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again... He cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I know this is talking about getting born again and going to heaven. But I want to show you a spiritual meaning in this passage, all right? A spiritual meaning. Is it possible the kingdom of God could represent spiritually the overcoming Christian life? The word kingdom comes from two words, king and dominion. Kingdom means the king's dominion. If that's the kingdom of so-and-so, then that's the, he's the king and he has dominion in that area. Okay. When the disciples asked Jesus, where is the kingdom of God? You know, you know what he said to him? The kingdom of God is inside you. It's within you. You are the kingdom. You're the king's dominion. 
See, because I've gotten saved now, this is the king's dominion now. All right? So, here's what he said. If you get born again, now we, he did it in the, in the negative. He said, if you don't, if you're not born again, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right, I'm going to flip that to the positive. If you do get born again, you can see the kingdom of God. All right? But now listen, again, I'm showing you a spiritual type. Let's say the kingdom of God represents the overcoming Christian life. Listen to what he says. If you get born again, you can see the overcoming Christian life. Listen to me carefully, but he didn't say you could enter it. Just said you could see it. That's what he said. You can see it. The reason I'm saying that is because I'm trying to show you the three baptisms. Born again represents the first. What's the next thing that Jesus said? Verse 5. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And notice he changes the word now to enter, not see. Okay, if the kingdom of God represents the overcoming Christian life. And by the way, do you see water and spirit in that verse? And the other verse said born again. We're trying to show you the three baptisms spiritually throughout the Bible. And when Jesus talks, he's a spirit. So I know he's got a natural meaning, but he's so high above us. We're trying to figure out other things that he's saying. All right, listen to me. Here's what he says. If you'll get saved, you can see the overcoming Christian life. But if you'll also get water baptized and spirit baptized... You can walk right in to the overcoming Christian life. That's good. Okay, now, let me show you some Old Testament types of it. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. This represents salvation in Abram's life. Why? Because God called him out of the world called him out of Egypt, called him out of the world, said, come out from there and be a separate people. God called him and he answered. And he left He left the world and he began following God. That represents salvation in his life. All right? That's salvation. We're looking for the three things. Genesis 15, verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram. Now, this represents water baptism in his life. Why does it represent water baptism? Because there was a cutting of the flesh, which Romans 6 and Colossians 2 says happens at water baptism. There was a cutting of the flesh and then a passing through. And let me give you another analogy of this that you will know absolutely for sure. There's another time when God took his people and he saved them by the blood of a lamb. And then right after he saved them by the blood of a lamb, he cut something and they passed through it. What was it? The Red Sea. And do you know what 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, which I'll show you this scripture later. You know what it tells us? It says they were baptized in the Red Sea. That was their water baptism. And by the way, if you remember, I told you that the old man is left in the water. If you go back to the Red Sea, the enemy was left in the water. The the enemy was cut off from the people of God from that time forward. You need to get water baptized. It's important. It's not just a sign. God does something in our hearts with the room when we do that. All right? So, and we're talking about, now this is what happened to Abram. He cut these pieces, he, and, they, and God the Father and God the Son passed through the parts. But that represents water baptism. By the way, let me just remind you, we're looking at these three things, and I brought up Israel, the children of Israel. They were saved by the blood of the Lamb. They went through the Red Sea, which is water baptism. And right after that, you know what happened? The cloud descended on the mountain. The cloud descended. The cloud. What do you think the cloud represents? 
The Spirit. And by the way, the cloud descended. There was thun- there was fire and thunderings and shaking and all this. And the cloud descended. And God wrote the law on tablets of stone. And 3,000 people, what an amazing number, 3,000 people died. The law came. And 3,000 died. 3,000 died. In Acts chapter 2, there was a cloud, there was a spirit, there was fire. On the same mountain, the Holy Spirit descends again, writes the law on tablets of men's hearts, and 3,000 people get saved. The law brings death and the Spirit brings life. Same thing. All right. Now I want to show you, that's salvation and water baptism in Abram's life. Okay? Now I want to show you type of spirit baptism in Abram's life. Genesis 17, verse 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I made you a father of many nations. Okay. Look at, look at, look at what he did. He added two letters to his name. One that wasn't there, but he added two letters to his name. But he added one letter that wasn't already there. He repeated another letter. But he added a letter that wasn't already there. What letter did he add? H. Can you pronounce the letter H? Okay, now listen to me. The equivalent of the English letter H in Hebrew, and I checked this out with the Kiva this week to make sure I was right. The equivalent of the English letter H in Hebrew is ruah, which means breath or spirit. Listen to me. God says to Abram, no longer shall your name be called Abram. And God is speaking here. God is speaking. But from now on, your name shall be Abram. Ham, and God breathed on him that day. When God said it, he had to breathe. Ham. And he adds the spirit to him. This is a type of spirit baptism. You understand? It's a type. And by the way, have you ever known in a marriage for one spouse to get spirit baptized and the other not, and it causes problems? Like the husband gets it and the wife doesn't for a few months and it kind of, kind of, you know, or the wife gets it and the husband doesn't and it causes some. Okay, God knew that way back then. So watch what happens just a few verses down. He's still talking to Abraham, but in verse 15 he says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Listen, here's, this is a real good type of spirit baptism because he took the I out and put the H in, and that's what a lot of you need. <laughs> Take the I out. I want to do this, and I want that. I, 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 I. Get the I out and get the spirit in, get the H in. This is amazing to me. Abraham's out there meeting with God, and God says, you're not going to be Abram anymore. You're going to be Abraham. And he breathes on him, and the spirit of God comes on him, and he just... I just soak it in the Spirit of God. And then God says, oh, I, I, listen, I'm going to need to do this for your wife too. So her name's going to be Sarah. And she's in the kitchen, you know, doing the dishes. And, Woo! and she doesn't even know. <laughs> she didn't know what happened. She just, knows, she just knew she got something. Okay, we're just talking about types. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I went through the whole Bible looking for all these types. Through the whole Bible. And just saw all these different types of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And while I remember reading, I'm reading through Ezekiel, thinking I'll probably never see it in Ezekiel, you know. Ezekiel, if you know anything about Ezekiel, it's a pretty judgmental book. 
God says, this is what I'm going to do to them, this is what I'm going to do to them, this is what I'm going to do to them. So I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to see it in here, but remember now, look for these three things. I'm just reading through the whole Bible looking for these three things. Salvation can be referred to as blood. Spirit can be referred to as cloud or oil. Oil. Ezekiel 16, verse 9, Then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood, and I anointed you with oil. Blood, water, oil, all in one verse. 1 Corinthians 10, this is the last two verses here. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, before we read verse 2, let me tell you and remind you again what we're looking for. Baptized into Jesus, baptized in water, baptized in the Spirit. Those three things, right? Okay. For the children of Israel, Jesus is our deliverer. For the children of Israel, who was their deliverer or who was their type of Christ? Moses. So I'm saying we need to be baptized in Jesus, baptized in water, and baptized in the Spirit, right? Okay. And their type of Christ was Moses. Watch verse 2 carefully. And they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Into Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. You see the three? There it is. Oh, and by the way, some say, well, it says the cloud first, you know. I mean, I, and, and what about... Robert, you're talking about water baptism. I need to get water baptized. You keep saying salvation, water, spirit, salvation, water, spirit. I need to get both of these, but can I get spirit baptized before I get water baptized? In other words, can I come today and get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, you can, because in Acts chapter 10 that I talked about last week, the Gentiles got saved, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then got water baptized. And, and most of us are Gentiles here, and Gen, you can see Gentiles always get things mixed up, see. But it's okay with God, all right? So you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the last thing I want to show you. I want to show you a picture of the tabernacle of Moses. Here's what the tabernacle of Moses probably looked like, according to Scripture. Uh, you see the holy place and the holy of holies. Uh, also, the holy of holies is called the most holy place. The holy place and the most holy place are the holy of holies. Now, as a believer, where do we want to live? <laughs> we want to live in the holy of holies, in the presence of God, right, every day. Now, listen to me carefully, though. Listen to me carefully. There were three things you had to do before you could go in the holy place. Isn't this a coincidence? <laughs> the first thing you had to do when you walked in the door, there was an altar where you shed the blood of a lamb. What does that represent? Salvation. Salvation. And it had to be a spotless lamb. That's the first thing. We're looking for these three baptisms. The second thing you did when you came in the temple was there was a laver where you washed with water. Isn't this a coincidence? But you still had to do one more thing before you could go in the holy place. Before you could go in the holy place, you had to be anointed with oil. What do you think oil represents? Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. You And by the way, what happened if you went into the holy place wrong? You died. Do you know why? Because you have to play by His rules. He's the one that set this order up. I didn't set this order up. 
He set this order up a long time ago. You can't say, you got blood, water, and spirit, the oil. You can't walk in and say, yeah, I want to get saved. Yes, I'll, and I'll get water baptized. Oh, I don't like that. I've heard bad things about that. I'm going to go in the presence of God. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because you need all three. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Last night, in each service, over 100 people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. In each service last night, 5 o'clock and 6.30. I'm expecting more today. We've recruited every person that works on the altar ministry team to be here. We have life group leaders here. They're trained to pray for people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit today. Some of you know it. And, and, and I'm telling you, you'll get all sorts of things. Well, I'll go home and do it. I don't want to go up there. I don't want to admit that I've never had this. I saw people come down in our church last night that have been here three years. Three years. And yet they swallowed their pride and said, you know, I don't care what anybody else thinks. If there is a doubt in your mind, if you've ever received this, we read the book of Acts. It says they laid hands on them. They laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them. If there's a doubt in your mind, if you've ever received it, you ought to come. And say, Jesus, I know you baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Listen, we're not going to push you. We're not going to manipulate you. We're not going to try to get you to speak in a prayer language. If you, if you do, that's great. If you don't, you do that when you're home, that's fine. That's fine. We just, we want to lay hands on you and ask the Holy Spirit to come on you. And there are many of you who need this. So please, 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 when we dismiss in a moment... There are going to be ministry people all across the altar, even down the sides of the walls. I want you to come to someone, and you may have to wait in line for a while. We actually delayed the 630 service last night for a while because so many people were getting ministered to. We're going to do it again today because I want you to come. Please, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, if there's a doubt in your mind, if you've ever received this, come and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person that needs to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name.